All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. And Casey, we're back from the holiday break. How are you doing? I am doing right. Just saw fresh off seeing the new Star Wars. So got that on my mind. Uh, critic review. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I am an easy target for the Star Wars movies uh, on that. I got some... 132 Breeze Pod merch for Christmas from my sister. Uh, that was really cool. So I have a that was really cool. Mug, <laughs> got a mug and a shirt. Uh, so rocking those as I record the pod. I guess you, can you rock a mug? I am. Um, yeah, we are. Have the have the mug here. Uh, is it guys, coffee or record? whiskey in it? It is actually just tea. Actually, just tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, coffee. It's far too late for coffee. Um, so we got that. And yeah, overall, uh, I don't, maybe this is just me, Marlo, but when I have time off like this, especially, uh, extended period of time, I kind of end up burning both ends of the candle too much. And I mm. stay up late because I'm off and think I'll sleep in. And then obviously with kids now, I don't, but I also don't sleep in because I want to be up and enjoy being off. So I yes. end up just being really tired. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can do with that. You're just like, well, I don't have to work, so I'm just going to stay up. I'm going to watch yeah. this game. I'm going to drink this beer. I'm just yeah. going to stay up and not do anything because I yeah. don't have to wake up early. And then yeah. you just end up waking up anyways. And then you wake up because you're used to it. And you're like, well, I don't want to <laughs> sleep on my day, <laughs> my whole day off. I'm going to get up. No. Yeah. So fighting through that, you know, but you know, as a as a professional, I'm here <laughs> recording nonetheless. So that was yeah. a long how I'm doing. Marlo, how about you? No, I'm doing well. I uh, do you have the extended break? I'm not going back until after the new year. Oh no, I uh, got uh, I got to go back tomorrow, and then no. I have the two days off. So a brief right. stint in the office tomorrow. Yeah, cool. Well, we're doing uh, yeah, doing good. Had a great Christmas. Uh, also celebrated the little one's birthday, whose birthday is today. If you're listening to it on Monday, so happy birthday, nice. buddy! Number three. Number three. Wow. Yeah, number three. So he's, uh, you know, you know how it is, Casey. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we got that going. Uh, yeah, things are well. Just ready to get back into the pod, talk a little football, basketball, and the others. Yep. Uh, we had, uh, well, as I'm sure our listeners know, it's the end of a decade. And uh, with that came out a lot of kind of the decade reviews or looking back on the decade. Um this kind of snuck up on me, Marlo. I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I knew the decade was coming, but like, I didn't reflect anything on it. So, like, I don't have a review of my decade. I did lots of things during this mm -hmm. decade, and it's kind of a weird thing to like personally do. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know, did I, I did all the grown up things essentially? Uh, you did. Beca I became a real adult, I think, in in this last decade. So that's my decade in review. Have you kind of looked back and thought at all about your decade? Do you have a personal? decade in review i did not until you just said that and i spent the last 10 seconds doing that and you're right doing just that. the adult thing <laughs> just the adult things yeah just the adult thing it's weird i don't know it's a it's a weird thing to do i guess personally so uh let's at least do it looking back at the badgers sports which we love so much marlo um Bucky's fifth quarter is the list we're going off of here. They have done really good stuff uh, in general, but specifically on this kind of decade in review. And they put together a list of the top 10 uh, football, basketball, and games. And just to run through the list real quick, Marlo, because um, I know reading makes great, <laughs> great podcast. So here we go. Number 10, linebacker TJ Edwards. Number nine, Travis Frederick. Number eight, Rob Havenstein. Uh, number seven, Chris Borland. 
six James White, five Aberderis, four the one Russell Wilson, three Monty Ball, two Melvin Gordon, one current running back Jonathan Taylor. Um, notable exceptions uh, left off of the list. Uh, but all three, I guess all three Watt brothers, but really <laughs> JJ and TJ <laughs> left off the list. Ryan Conley, uh, Schobert, and Mike Taylor, uh, other other players that made their kind of short list and kind of some of the names that I thought of when I, before I clicked on the link, who I thought of. Any qualms with that list, Marlo? Anything you would change? Anybody you think was drastically left off? No qualms. Uh, Obviously, interesting that JJ didn't make the list, although it would have been just that one 2010 season, but it was an awesome season. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he is a brand name for Wisconsin. <clears throat> yep. Uh, the only, and then as far as left off, I would almost go more as it's a list, but more the order. If they're if we're going yeah. if we're gonna you know break it down, um, I don't. I went back and forth. Is the is the Taylor thing? Is that a stuck in the moment? I know it's great. We've talked about that extensively, but yeah. is that is that are we stuck in the moment there? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I went back and forth. We might not be. Moneyball at three seemed kind of high, but I know he had that. It, it seemed kind of high because he had he did have that great year with all his touchdowns, but it was on a crappy yeah. team, so it kind of mm-hmm. spoiled it for me. And I kind of would I probably would have put James White a little higher and okay. knocked Moneyball down. Well, that's that's interesting because when I saw James White that high, I. Cu- I, I wondered if that was a little bit more of his professional career coloring how we view his college career. But then you look at the explanation, you look at the numbers he put up, the yards he had, the touchdowns he had, all rank very high in uh, Wisconsin football history. So I was surprised he was so high, and then I kind of became validated. I'm a little surprised you would put him uh, even even higher. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought James White has been the forgotten back because he had – He's he was there during three great during the time where three great backs were there, um, right. but he was also great in himself, yeah. and he was always oh, yeah. the he was a non traditional Wisconsin back as far mm-hmm. as he could kind of he was a three tool out the yeah. backfield, but uh, yeah he was he was in space and you know, yeah. making people miss and that's not t- I mean other backs are good at that but you're right it's, they're usually a bit a little bit more power in the running back yeah yeah um, yeah I I'm considering. Taylor being a little bit in the moment, uh, I didn't think of that before. You said that I could easily see Melvin Gordon number one, but I think we'll look back on Jonathan Taylor with even more fondness than than we do right now. So I think that's going to end up aging uh, pretty well. I think part of that will go with um, his performance or how we end up doing in the Rose Bowl here, because that would be kind of sure he won a Citrus, but that would, if you led the Badgers to a Rose Bowl victory, that would be you know. I, I, it means a little bit more, right? Yeah. For the Wisconsin fan base, I think it would True. cement him, cement him there. Uh, as far as people left off, I think it was just more players. I remember liking a lot, but probably not as impactful as the players on the list, uh, namely cornerbacks. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I really like latch onto a cornerback <laughs> or two every yeah. uh, every year or two that I, I really just like rooting for and, and kind of in my mind is that shutdown cornerback while they may not be that <laughs> on the field. Um, none of those players, but obviously if you're thinking Wisconsin and you're thinking decade teams, you're going to look at that linebacker position plus J.J. Watt um, for your player. So uh, all in all, I think it was really done, well done. Go out there, check it out. 
at uh, Bucky's fifth quarter. They have really good reasonings as to why they're all there. And then I think the other interesting thing, Marla, was Aberderos was the only wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but again, I was a little bit surprised because I he had the one year with Wilson. Uh, yep. Right? Uh, but yep. his and I was a little bit surprised to see him there. He's at number five. But then you kind of think about the longevity that he was there, how many years he was an impactful player. Uh, definitely uh, made sense that he was on that list. So, yep. So that was football. Now um, let's jump over to basketball. And this was a little bit easier for me, Marlo. This was a little bit more uh, straightforward. Here we go. Reading again. Number 10, mm-hmm. John Luer. Nine, Ben Brust. Eight, Trayvon Jackson. Seven, Bronson Koenig. Six, Josh Gosser. Five, Jordan Taylor. Four, Sam Decker. Three, Nigel Hayes. Two, Ethan Happ. And obviously, number one, National Player of the Year, 2015, Frank Kaminsky. Um, I think this is pretty easy. I don't have any qualms with any of the rankings um, on this whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly think think it's just spot on. I might put Koenig over Gosser. I don't know. Um, yeah. Koenig, yeah. Koenig has more moments, right? True. Like I, I remember because yeah. he has game-winning shots and things like that, uh, but that, that might be it um, for me. Yeah, I I initially ran through the list and thought there has to be others, as we did, and we did a quick search while we were doing the rundown. Yeah. We might have came up with one. It was more, or one or two, but it was more just people we like to root for, more yeah. than their actual uh, contribute well I shouldn't say that but they're yeah. you know your numbers what you're what you're judged on so um yeah it's a pretty comprehensive list I one of the, especially going through the basketball one it was very 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 fond memories and obviously a lot of these players came from those two final four teams right um uh that we had so and which also you know obviously makes sense as well so yeah no qualms with this list this is a pretty good one yeah no, yeah, and we were talking about some of the like the the Bruzewitz and the the Showalters and kind of those more like glue kind of Wisconsin type yeah. players that that we think of. But when you just compare it to players who like led the team and were like the central players of teams, it, they they're just kind of resume or what have you doesn't stack up uh, against right. that. So, um, yeah, God, good decade for basketball, bro. Good decade for basketball. It, it was. Um, and then they also have a list, uh, continuing on, of best games. Uh, I guess, trigger warning, it starts out with a quick list of all the bad games, the worst football losses of the 2010s, and uh, reading that was yeah. a, a painful experience. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty evil uh, to yeah. put that you know, at the beginning and <laughs> kind of go down memory lane. Because I, I think I was going down, I remember exactly where I was, exactly yeah. how I felt, like not even at the end of the game, but the emotions throughout the game. Um, not cool. Don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it just, just going through and just shaking my head, going, "Yep. Oh, I remember that. Yep, I was here for that." And <laughs> it's tough. Uh, it's tough. But then it's followed up by uh, the best wins or best games. Excuse me. I guess they're all wins uh, of the 2010s. And they got little embedded clips in there, so you can relive that. Um, my favorite one, Marlo, is uh, the Melvin Gordon running all over Nebraska. Uh, yes. I just. I think I'll remember that game. I think I'll remember that feeling. Um, for the only thing that shadows overshadows it is that stupid Oklahoma running back ran for more yards the next week, which the next is week. just against but against like I don't know some. It was, like it was against Kansas, I think. And 
he had didn't no it was no it wasn't even a power five team it was it was something stupid okay anyways anyway that overshadows a little bit but like i just remember this game i remember the snow on the field i remember sitting here going like i am watching something absolutely amazing and while some of these other ones are good important wins like and some of them even you know big 10 championship uh game wins this just i remember being in the moment and being like this is magical <laughs> so that's my that's my favorite game it was it was absolutely uh my my, my favorite and i i just it's one of those like this is why I watch sports. Yeah, four oh eight, almost out of nowhere. That four oh eight call, uh, <laughs> was, yeah, it was pretty magical. Uh, the four, at that at that touchdown, and granted, he remember he didn't even play the fourth quarter, so could have been yeah. more. Yeah, could have um, yeah, been five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, and then, then I guess my favorite one was that our uh, the Michigan State Big Ten game, the first Big Ten game, twenty eleven. Yep. Yep. Uh, with Russell Wilson. I remember that um, I was at that game. Remember that very well. But I've gone back and watched this multiple times with Gus Johnson in the call. And some of these, some of these plays still don't seem real. Um, the one that's highlighted here, that Wilson the Duckworth, where he gets face masks, still catches the ball, is uh, pretty insane. And then obviously the number one with Ohio State with, begins with the run back, yep. beating number one Ohio State. Uh, was a run back. It still gives me chills. <laughs> almost ten years yeah. later. Still gives me chills every time I see that. Yeah, that Big Ten championship game. I, I just, I think it's that call. It's that that Wisconsin team was so unique to Wisconsin teams. So having Russell Wilson there and that game kind of epitomized uh, the ceiling that that team had, how good it could be. And then, uh, yeah, that beating Ohio State was fantastic at home. So that's our little decade in review, um, little trip down memory lane. Uh, yeah, I think all in all, though, Marlo, it's been one heck of a decade for. Uh, Wisconsin sports, at least these two that we that, that we've covered here. Um, yeah, absolutely, and it gave birth to a great podcast. So there's right. that. Yeah, most importantly, <laughs> so um, all right, let's look. I guess keep looking back, but in a much shorter time frame uh, at some college football bowl, bowl games that happened, and we'll start with the college football playoffs, and we'll go. How about in the order that they, I guess, occurred chronologically? Uh, the first yeah. game, LSU-Oklahoma, uh, snooze fest. Woo, buddy. LSU just crushed crushed Oklahoma. Joe Burrow, four touchdown passes. Um, final score ended up being 63-28. It never felt that close. I mean, <laughs> just a absolutely magical performance by Joe Burrow. Which I might have said just in a second ago. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, well, it's, <laughs> yeah, Joe by Joe Burrow and was I've so I've watched a couple LSU games this year. Um, they've often been up against Badger games, which has been kind of annoying. So I've only kind of yeah. got snippets of it. But this was one of, if not the first, one of the first times that I got to sit down and watch a whole game of him uh, playing, and he has it. He has something. He has it. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, he has. I mean, obviously, he has all the throws, but he has that that little swagger. Uh, that's not. It's not too cocky, but it's enough to be like, man, I want him as my quarterback. Yeah, uh, type of look. And then, yeah, some of the throws he make were just incredible. Uh, just eight touchdowns in a game against in a playoff game. And it's just, I'm just jealous. Is what it, what it comes down to. We had um, we had some of his, uh, we celebrated my son's birthday. Had some family over. 
And we were kind of talking like, yeah, it would have been cool, kind of cool if, you know, Wisconsin had won the Big Ten Championship game. And we were, this was us in there. And then I re- we realized very quickly, like, no, that's cool. We're okay. <laughs> Let LSU yeah, we'll have take, it. We'll take the Rose Bowl instead of being up against <laughs> this team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I totally get that. I was actually I was watching this um, at a, a family Christmas, and my um, sister's fiance is he worked on the LSU staff for a little bit. He's a strength okay. and conditioning guy. He worked on their staff for a little bit, so he was like very like excited for LSU and like talking about individual players and and stuff. So that was really neat. It was a really interesting way to watch it. And I was already kind of rooting for LSU, but just having him there and his kind of like yeah. inside take, but that was. That was That's a lot of cool. fun uh, yeah. to, watch, to watch it with him. Um, and the other great thing about LSU, uh, Coach O. <laughs> yeah, Coach O is fantastic. Is fantastic. And I cannot get out every time he talks. It's just, I just, I don't know. It, it, it's so hilarious. <laughs> and like, almost like, it's stereo, like, if he was in a movie. <laughs> he was, he would the blind side. Like, you would be like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> no, like this is too too spot on for a football coach to sound like this. That people wouldn't believe it, but since it's real life, we believe it. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Every time he talks, I just can't yeah. I can't get enough of it. It's uh, not only his voice too. He's not he doesn't do do coach speak. You know, he just says it like a, like a true football guy. Just, yeah. We're gonna play anybody anywhere. We play football. We came here to play. None of none of the, the Belichickian. Uh, not answer a question. Yeah, answers. Oh yeah, he's oh he's fantastic, and it's so funny. Like, what was it two years ago, three years ago? They were going to run him out of town because they had yeah. like three losses or something. And yep. Now here they are, and it was like because he was. I think he was an interim for a little bit. If I yeah, he was an interim after uh, was his face was gone, but yeah, he was the interim, and then they took that tag off him. Yeah, and it was like, well, are they doing that just to make these players happy? Is he can he win? And obviously he can. Well, yeah. we have another game, but Less miles, so that's what it was. you know, being fourteen and zero, uh, unbelievable. Uh, my so segment we're doing on this podcast, Marlo. Yep. Annoying narrative coming from the game. Yep. <laughs> this is what annoyed me: the narrative that came out of the game as I was on on Twitter's afterwards and on you know watching uh, recaps and stuff. Uh, the whole Oklahoma shouldn't have been there narrative because they got pummeled. Um, I, it annoys the crap out of me. It annoys the crap out of me. Uh, and I don't think it's fair to Oklahoma. I don't think it's fair to the season that they had uh, because they lost this game in the way that they did. Um, yeah, they got beat bad. Yeah, they were the inferior team to LSU. But you know what? So is everybody else that LSU won. And what people seem to not follow up with in that is, well, who should have been there instead? Yep. And... If you say Georgia, why should Georgia get another shot? If you say then Oregon, why should they get a shot over Oklahoma? And neither of them had an argument to make going into it. Everybody clearly agreed. Everybody was, more or less everybody, unless you're a fan of one of the other two teams, thought Oklahoma should have been there based on the body of work. And the result of this game doesn't change that. And it's annoying to try and have this revisionist history that says they shouldn't have been there. Right, and then even with the result of the game, it's Oklahoma had like five or six. Was it five or six starters uh, that they suspended for this game for whatever reason? Yeah, they suspended three defensive backs. <laughs> yeah, starters. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, that's gonna uh, that's gonna make a difference in the game compared to you know what they what they what they accomplished before there, and so that should be here here nor there. It is it is kind of annoying as people started yelling out, uh, <laughs> talking about a better game. You input I don't know any other team, any other even Georgia, they're probably gonna did they not play? Anyways, they're probably gonna they played they played t- in the SEC championship game. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, and that game wasn't close either. So you know LSU is a good team. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100. They played Georgia played LSU 37 to 10. They were the fifth ranked team. They lost 37 to 10. Excuse me. Yeah. They were the fifth ranked team in this game. So why like the argument that Georgia would have put up a better game? I I guess if you compare the two scores, yeah, it, it was maybe a better game. That wasn't a close game either. It's just such a weird argument. It's such a revisionist argument. I it, it, I don't know. It really frustrated me. Uh, and I think short changes what the season Oklahoma had. Um, obviously they weren't the best team, right? <laughs> right. Nobody's saying that, but like yeah. they deserved a shot in this game, uh, and, and they took it and, and missed. So, uh, but we can't we can't leave it there. We have to have that annoying narrative. So that was annoying narrative coming out of that. So we rolled into that, <laughs> woke up from our nap in the second half. Oh, there was one point in the game. Um, I think Joe Burrow had seven touchdowns and. Uh, Jalen Hurts had six completions. It was a a brutal, like, oh, that is not going well. That's That's not going well. Speaking of which, at one point they did the, uh, talking about Jalen Hurts' NFL, like what his NFL prospect is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this, it was a sideline reporter, and they came up and they were talking about how he could go to the Ravens and then be a tight end slash wide receiver package that Whoa. could run and throw the ball. Whoa. And they they went down this whole they went down this whole segment and then it went back up to the booth. They're like, or he could just be a quarterback. Yeah. You can't <laughs> it's twenty twenty, Marlo. You can't <laughs> suggest that quarterbacks play other positions <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. It's against the rules. Um they said that? That's I yeah. I missed that. That's brutal. Yeah. Um I it would be I don't know. I would have to think a little bit more about the Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson comparisons. Um, oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. But that just signaled to me that it's coming. It's all coming. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen definitely runs more. Running is a lot bigger part of his game than it was for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was just a mobile quarterback, but he was always throwing the ball at Louisville. Uh, his just accuracy, especially on the underpasses, was questionable. He has improved that. <laughs> so that's why he's <laughs> good in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look at it a little bit more, but it's, it's a lazy comparison. Um, but I think that Jalen Hurts is much more of a running quarterback than Lamar Jackson yeah. was. So interesting. Um, I'm not, I'm not excited for that conversation to happen. So another <laughs> annoying narrative. That came out <laughs> yes. That another annoying narrative. Future right, annoying narrative. To, let's move on to the, interesting game of the of the evening uh clemson ohio state clemson comes back from 16 down uh to win uh, what do they end up winning 29 23 something like something that. like that they won stats department uh, 29 23 we got it we got it we figured it out they won excellent anyways um yeah how would you clemson wins Clemson wins. How would you describe this game? If like somebody didn't watch this game and you had to like do a Cliff's notes like one or two sentence game on this, how would you describe it to me? Uh 
Ohio State did not take care of their opportunities early in the game, giving the door, leaving the door open for Clemson to come back, and they did. Mm. That's probably more fair than what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State had it, and they blew it. I don't <laughs> That's think fair, too. I don't think there's any other way uh, to look at it. Um, I think if you're an Ohio State fan, we'll talk a little bit more about Ohio State's fans in the annoying narrative from the game segment. Um <laughs> I, I don't know how you don't look at this and just go, like, we absolutely blew this game and we were the better team. They were the better team. Yeah. I, for, I mean, it's football, right? So you, that's not how this, that's how it works. Like, right. It's, it's sports. That's how sports work. Otherwise, we wouldn't watch them. Um, looking at you, NBA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably don't watch it. Um, but, they were the better team. They had the better of the chances. They didn't capitalize them. They had uh, the worst mistakes, and uh, give or take one. Um, <laughs> they allowed Clemson to come back and had a chance to win at the end of the game and, again, blew it. I, I think it's a – this feels like what happens in a Wisconsin-Ohio State game. Yes. Ohio State is Wisconsin in this game and Clemson's Ohio State. I was I was just – I was thinking that during the game, like – Ohio State is looking like Wisconsin when they were just taking those field goals at the beginning of the game. Any other team that Ohio State plays, they are up 24, if not 28 nothing, uh by the end of that first half. And yeah. it just didn't go that way. They had they settled for those three field goals, even though um even though they were being aggressive, they just couldn't when they got down to the red zone, they just couldn't they, uh Clemson clamp down. And you know, I mean credit to Clemson for clamping down in yeah. in the red zone. Yeah. Um but yeah, that just left the door wide open, and I mean, for a while there, it didn't look like it was going to be a game. It still looked like they weren't—they were, were going to keep uh, Clemson scoreless. But I guess in the back of my head, I knew that wouldn't be it. That couldn't happen. I thought, um, right. and then Trevor Lawrence started running wild, which was wild to see as well. Yeah, yeah, that was bizarre to see him get those. Obviously, the long touchdown run was just baffling. I, I yeah. still—I yeah. watched the replay multiple times, and I, I don't understand. I, I just don't get how it happened. <laughs> so bizarre. Uh, and I was watching the game, and I was like, Ohio State's up 16-0. to zero. And based on my experience watching Ohio State this year, it's just like they adjust better than any team. Yep. Maybe except Clemson now. But like, I was like, oh, man. And they haven't even adjusted. I almost feel like it was a bad thing that they got up 16-0 to because <laughs> they're like, let's roll with this, what we're doing, instead of doing their normal in-game adjustments. Uh, maybe they happened, and they just didn't work. I don't know. But it seemed like at least in the Badger games, when they're struggling, they change stuff and figure it out. And in this game, they weren't able to figure it out, which was a bit surprising. Yeah. Watching them all year. So, all right. Annoying narrative from the game. Yes. Mainly from Ohio State fans that the ESPN or refs or whoever's in charge wanted Clemson in the, in the finals, not Ohio State. And that's why multiple calls went against Ohio State. I will agree that multiple calls went against Ohio State. Um, we can debate the legitimacy of them if we want. But the fact that there was some sort of conspiracy, I hear this sometimes in, from Badger fans too. Like they want Ohio State to win the Big Ten, blah, 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 blah. Um, so annoying. Like you're freaking Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. That's the annoying part is that these Ohio State fans are saying it knowing that they've just, they've been taught – they have been the focus of that for many of years. Why they got into the playoffs, why they got into the BCS, why they got into all these things. And now the one time where they 
Again, as we just said, had it in the bag. Not in the bag, but they had it and they lost it. Now it's someone else's fault except theirs. Yeah, it just... So it's so frustrating to hear. And, like, just the the, the premise of it, that they wouldn't want Ohio State, who's... Yeah. I mean... I mean, Clemson's winning, but Ohio State's probably the number two brand in college football. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's Alabama, then Ohio State. I don't think anybody else is legitimately up there as far uh, as far as kind of brand recognition you know casual eyeballs tuning in you know they know who ohio state is it, it just it's just baffling it annoys the crap out of me so um ohio state fans take it easy that's it yeah that's it um, it was pretty fun to watch ohio state's fans whining and crying <laughs> with, that, with that horrible it was, loss it was a bit fun <laughs> it was a very weird game in that sense because i so I I wanted I didn't want Ohio State to win. I also didn't want them to lose. <laughs> so I was very conflicted watching this game. Anytime anything good happened for either team, I was happy and disappointed. The reason I didn't want Ohio State to lose was because it would make me feel better about Wisconsin's two losses to Ohio State. Right, yeah. Like, if they go on and win the national championship, yeah, it sucks Ohio State wins the national championship, and I have to deal with that in my, you know, my sports cheering life. But... um I would it would make me feel a little bit better about Wisconsin's two losses because hey nobody else could beat them either so there was a little bit of that kind of like I guess self preservation thinking going into it uh, but then anytime they did something good and their fan they show their fans cheering I'm like yeah I don't want them to win <laughs> it's very tough and so in all, all I blame Ohio State in general for all of it because it was should have been a very enjoyable game yeah. and I just hated watching the whole thing because of that. Um, we talked about Ohio State fans complaining, uh, but that definitely was a fumble. <laughs> okay. They called, they called the fumble and then overturned. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I thought it was like, I thought it was a catch fumble. Booth thought it was a catch fumble. And then when they brought in, I, I don't know, I forget who the name of their referee guy is. He yeah, immediately broke it down and was like, no, this is not, this is not, he didn't complete the process, which. Will bring us back to the question: What the hell is a catch again? Yeah. But I—that's what I thought for that reason that that he came through and was like, "Here's what you need to do here, here, and here." And yeah, I don't know. I can see it. Like in real time, does it look like a catch? Probably not. You slow it down, it does. So I—I I can see it being either way at that point, and I don't have—I don't have an opinion on it. I'm gonna stay in I the think middle. If they. If they called, I, I just don't see how it's an incomplete pla- oh, pass. Yeah. It's one of two things. Yeah. He catches it and he's uh, his forward progress is stopped, mm-hmm. or he fumbles. Mm-hmm. I don't see any. I don't understand how that could be called an incomplete. How pass. that was enough ball, to be overturned? That's a good point. Yeah, he catches the ball. He move. He controls the ball. He moves the ball as he controls it to try to secure it, but he can't because the defender's arm is in his way. So he's controlling the ball, and he's moving the ball. The wide receiver is moving the ball, showing possession. <laughs> Look, if Jonathan Taylor's stupid <laughs> switching catches it, switching arms is a fumble. Then God, how is this a completed? Pa- or, or I guess that was that pass? was. I don't. There you go. That was the payback from Wisconsin. It's it's unbelievable. The inconsistency is so frustrating, and to have somebody sit there and be like, "Don't believe your eyes. Believe me." with these very specific things that don't totally line up with what's happening. It, it's very frustrating. And I, I side with Ohio State fans. That was that was very frustrating. The targeting penalties that they had, one was right. 
Um, no, that was the Oklahoma game. <laughs> no, <laughs> where the guy, the guy threw the guy in the flat, and he, the guy just like jumped and oh yeah, clobbered the yeah. guy in the face. Yep, that was the Oklahoma game. I was thinking that was uh, the targeting on the quarterback. That's really tough. The quarterback's going down to protect himself, and your helmet. That there, I guess. Yeah. That is tough, but that's how they've been calling it all season. I understand that. It's just tough. Yeah, it's, it is tough. It doesn't make me feel better that that's like that the in that scenario, like just saying, well, that's the rule doesn't make me feel better. Like it's like in what game it was it where Wisconsin had two players to It was the Mich it was in Michigan. Is it the end of Michigan? Yeah. One was definitely targeting. Yeah. The other one was like kind of like by the rule that was targeting but like it felt like a normal football thing. right yep and this felt like a normal football move a normal football play he's just going to make a tackle and the quarterback who is six eight or whatever he's not he's like six <laughs> three i don't know what he is like kind of comes down to where his helmet is it just seems tough and i i i don't know what the answer is i don't know if like there should be I'm okay with it being a penalty i think although that was on fourth down and that was just a brutal time to have that penalty yep but not having an ejection. Like, if there's some sort of lee- leeway, like we used to have with pass interference in the NFL, right? It was like a... Um, oh, yeah. It used to be what the... Was, what did it used to be? Five yard or face at mask. the... Excuse me. Face mask. It was five yard, intentional or yeah. whatever. Um, not pass interference. With uh, face mask, you had kind of had like a little bit of an in- intent aspect to it, a little bit of subjectivity. That would make this more complicated, more confusing. But like, <laughs> I just... I don't want a player to get kicked out of a game for doing what was probably right, but ended up being a foul. Right, right. Right, he wasn't doing anything wrong until the play, like he didn't mean to target. There are plays, like in the Oklahoma game, where he meant to target. Yeah. That was a targeting call. Yeah. This wasn't. It was an incidental targeting. I, I, That just adds more subjectivity and would probably make people more mad, <laughs> and that's probably why they didn't do it, but like in this instance, I wanted a little bit more nuance in the rule, and we didn't have it. So <clears throat> we just talked about Clemson. Ohio State mostly talked about referees. But, <laughs> hey, favorite, your favorite thing, Casey. Yeah, just complaining about about referees. Um, the Trevor Lawrence run was spectacular. Um, Ohio State, lot of great plays, couldn't finish in the red. When you were when you were watching the game, that Trevor Lawrence came down and they had that touchdown to go ahead. Uh, did you? My immediate thought was they left way too much time, and Ohio State's going to win the game. I thought 100 percent Ohio State was going to score. Yeah, I just watching this Ohio State team against Wisconsin twice, they were scoring that. And they were going to yes, they were. until they or they drove down the field. They were on, what, 25, 30-yard line, something like that. Um, and the wide receiver broke off his route because he thought too much time has passed and that the quarterback was scrambling. And the quarterback thought the wide receiver was still on his route, threw it over the middle uh, right to a defender. If he just continues that route, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah. Um, yep. Which, as a somebody who had, hadn't played football, I'm. That seemed like there was a lot of timing things where the quarterback just like throws the ball, expecting players to be there, and that seems a lot more. Random's not the right word, but like, you're making these decisions with imperfect information a lot more. I, I think than I give credit two football players for doing. Yeah. Like you can see like the quarterback being like, "Oh, I think this guy's going to go there," but like he just assumed his wide receiver was going to be there and the wide receiver just made a different decision because he thought the play was farther along. Um and if that's happening all the time, that's a lot of yeah. 
information assumptions that are made on in football that I had no idea, or maybe not as much idea as I, pr- I probably should. It was interesting. All right. All right. Anything else comes to Ohio State? No, that was fun. It was it was a fun weekend, and um, it was a fun game to watch. Went down to the wire. And yeah. So good times. Can't wait to LSU. Hello, Clemson. Got, I bet you. I bet you the Tigers are going to win. I uh, think. So. I think and hope so. I think <laughs> and hope so. Um, not that it's like a huge turning of the leaf to go to another uh, SEC school, but it's not Clemson or Alabama if they went right, which has been the last couple. So yep. it would be nice to have some. Not fresh. What's between fresh and old? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Ripe? Whatever whatever that is. I don't want to say ripe. That's a, some moderately fresh <laughs> blood in there. Okay. <laughs> in, in the gym. All right. Other bowl games happened, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Penn, Penn State won. Uh, a small hurrah for them. Would be. Uh, it looked like they were really struggling early, and that would have been fun to kind of be their whole – because their fans have been doing the whole we should be in the Rose Bowl, not Wisconsin, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> annoying narrative of this game. Annoying narrative of this game was Penn State fans still thinking of that. Of that, uh, but it was a very entertaining game. Uh, Penn State more or less outscored Memphis, uh, and while the annoying narrative was that Penn State proved that they should have been in the Rose Bowl, I I thought the exact opposite, and they proved that they should have been in this game because it was very competitive and uh, entertaining, but they didn't impress me. <laughs> Did you see the the Gatorade bath attempt at the end? Of this game, I did not. Um, so they were trying to. Uh, what's Penn State? What's this coach's name? I want to punch him in the face all the time. Yeah, Franklin. So they were trying that, and then Franklin saw it and just tackled the player that was trying to dump him with the Gatorade. Um, it was pretty aggressive, but it was pretty funny. And I hope that I hope that continues for other coaches. They just tackle the players instead of getting dumped they on. Tackle the players. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be. Mm. I can see PJ doing that. So I, I can see other. <laughs> No, PJ no, wants he, the he wants the bath and like, he wants a gator. Yeah. He he will he would do the whole like he'd look behind himself to see the Gatorade coming <laughs> to make sure he can act the most surprised when it lands <laughs> right. on him. Yeah. That's what PJ Fleck true, would do. True. Speaking of PJ Fleck, uh, do you want to talk about it? I'll talk about it later. Um, Minnesota did a top five sports moments oh, of yeah. the decade. Speaking of decades, yep. Oh, we'll do it now. It's fine. It, yeah. it kind of it's a really a, a Packer complaint, but we'll we'll do it now. Um, I don't know what the exact moments were, but they had pictures on the cover of their magazine, or, or I, I think it was a newspaper, a special edition newspaper, or whatever. Um, but PJ Fleck in his stupid yellow blazer were on the cover, so I assume it was beating Wisconsin <laughs> last year. <laughs> I'm not sure. They haven't wanted. I don't know what else it could have been. Maybe beating Penn State. But I think he was on, so maybe one of those. But he was on there. The other one, uh, some other ones were on there. Who cares? Doesn't matter. But one of the top five was when uh, Barr, I think, is the linebacker's name, hurt Aaron Rodgers and broke his collarbone. <laughs> they had that as one of their top five. Did they really? Moments. Jesus. For, so then I was like, oh, first of all, that's ridiculous in Bush League. Um, second of all, playing to their audience. Really? Like, 
that's their top five. Mm. And I was trying to think of another Vikings thing. So the only other Vikings thing was when they beat the Saints on the, the Minnesota Miracle. That should have been one of the things. I don't know why that wasn't. If maybe it was one of the other five. But then you think about like, okay, so Minnesota sports, uh, uh, Minnesota University, right? Yeah. Football team, yeah. PJ Fleck, that's what you got. Um, basketball, not much. Uh, Vikings, you have that one, uh, one play. Hardy and Aaron Rodgers, I guess. Basketball, really nothing. Baseball, really nothing. Tough. Tough. Tough look. Tough look, but apparently hurting uh, opposing players is a top five moment. All right, other bowls. Uh, Iowa, USC, <laughs> a surprisingly fun game broke out. Iowa won 49-24. Um, and it was a really good game because of the contrast of the teams. Right. Uh, and we talked about that going in. Uh but I think we both thought that was going to result in a boring game where no one's strength really showed because it was offset by the other team's strength. But it really was emphasized. It was a really interesting game. Yeah, it's fun. A little bit of everything. Kickoff returns, long runs, long passes. Iowa, where'd that team come from with that offense? I don't know. Yeah, uh, That was wild to see. USC continuing their up-and-down year. Kind of all, all accumulated all in one game. But... Yeah, that was it was a fun late night game too because that, that was one of those games that sure. came on late. It was like I'm not going to bed because I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm just yeah. gonna watch this Iowa USC yeah, was pin uh, pin no that's not the pinstripe bowl holiday bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. It was fun. Uh, another Big Ten win. Um, Iowa they had a stat uh, kind of looking back decade thing. Uh, Stanley, their quarterback, he was like four and zero against Nebraska, four and zero against Iowa, three and zero against Iowa State whatever three and zero against whatever and then uh i saw somebody retweet it and said all right not do wisconsin <laughs> I, think was, I think it was one and two against wisconsin uh, year, maybe one and three something like that yeah so it was funny because they just you know obviously cherry picked the ones where he he had a winning record so all right those were the bulls that happened marlo let's look ahead starting with the granddaddy of them all granddaddy of them all look the alive. rose bowl wisconsin versus oregon um I think I'm seeing Wisconsin favorite is three. FBI predictor has um, has uh, Wisconsin slight. What, what did they have? FBI predictor has Oregon slightly favored with a 54 percent chance to win. That's about where I feel. <laughs> I feel um, slightly. I feel slightly. Well, more. I'm probably more like 54 percent Wisconsin will win. 46% that Oregon will win. Uh, looking at Oregon Marlowe, um, they're sitting at 11-2. and two. Yep. They have, obviously, that opening week loss to Auburn, who turned out to be a pretty good team in their own right. And then a uh, bizarre loss at Arizona State, and Wisconsin knows something about going into Arizona State, or the Big Ten in general, Yeah, uh, knows something about going into Arizona State and losing. And I think without that loss... If they're sitting there with just that one, which is, I guess, is weird to say, like if you took out our loss to Illinois, but like we look at that loss to Illinois and be like, yeah, but that's not the team we are. We're the team that beat everybody else except Ohio State. Right. And if you kind of apply that same thing to Oregon and go, hey, without that Ohio State or Arizona State loss, they're 12 and 1 and they're going to the college football playoffs. Yeah. You know, we can talk about how down the Pac-12. Is well, I, I'll talk about that all day. 
which is a consideration. But they still have wins against Washington, against Utah. These are good teams. I think I think they might be really good. And I'm a little worried that they might be really good. I am worried. Uh, I'm worried as well. I'm not. Every time I get up and say, that's fine. We got this. I remember that. Wait, we haven't won. We lost three Rose Bowls in a row because we had that same mentality, except maybe against the Stanford game. But I didn't look at this Oregon team. Obviously, it's a little bit of a contrasting styles up again. Not as much as last time, so to speak. But it's going to be, I think we'll, (laughs) I feel like we'll know very early on because the Oregon Ducks defense, if we're able to kind of penetrate that, uh, control the line of scrimmage, all that fun stuff that we always talk about in football, um, obviously then I think we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have a good chance at this game. So I I would get I with you in that fifty fifty as I go back and forth, um, but I don't it doesn't they don't scare me like man we're we're probably just gonna get run out of the building and if we have a perfect game we take a perfect game to beat them but I think that it will take a good game to beat them but it's obviously probable. Right, and I it's interesting you you talk about controlling the line of scrimmage because I think or Oregon's done a good job of doing that in the Pac twelve but I think it's a different conversation when you're talking about Big Ten right. I think you, you, it's different size, it's different strength. Not that Oregon can't do that, but I think we have the leg up on that. And if we can create the space that we need, when, that we have when we're, we've been successful, I think that's going uh, to be the key to the game. So it's going to be in the trenches. Uh, also, you got to look outside. you got to look at uh, Justin Herbert, uh, obviously a top draft prospect at QB for Oregon. Um, sneaky tall, like 6'6", six, six, something like that. Six seven. I mean, he's a very very tall dude. Kind of weird having like one of the tallest players in at quarterback. Um, they average about two hundred and seventy yards per game passing against us giving up two hundred. Uh, if we go back to kind of our concerns against Ohio State, our concerns against Minnesota, yeah. you know, when this defense gets beat, it gets beat on big plays from quarterbacks and wide receivers and. Is that a concern? Now, they obviously didn't do that against, um, give that up against Minnesota, and for the most part, didn't against Ohio State as well. So we'll see if that they can hold up against that that passing attack. Um, and I don't know. It's tough. I just, I want to be, sit here and like say all these reasons why Wisconsin will win, but I'm just a little bit worried. I, and I don't, I can't really put a, can't really put a finger on it and the only thing i can really put it on is like i'm not like i want to say oregon isn't that good yeah not that they're not good they're obviously they're good but like that good. right you know like yeah. like a that good enough to beat wisconsin but like something in the back of my mind goes like maybe they just maybe they just are and um i don't know i can't really put a, f- a finger on why yeah i think the biggest question is be are we gonna be able to get pressure on justin herbert if we can get pressure, I mean, like anything, if we're able to get pressure on him, that be the key uh, to Kremlin. But if we let him sit back in the pocket, he'll be able to just pick us apart. Yeah, and just saying that makes me, <laughs> makes me more nervous. Just saying that because I could, I just could see that happening. Not, I mean, obviously I could see the converse, but like, I don't like going into a game and being like, I can see how this other team can beat us. Because a lot of games I go into and I go, I'm not really sure how, you know, Minnesota. Will beat us or beat us, you know? Yeah. Or I'm not sure how you know Michigan will. They would have to do this. They would have to do something here and here. I'm like that seems very realistic. Yep. 
Um, and that, that is very worrying. So what do we expect, Marlo, in this game? Uh, I think a close badger victory. That's what we're both both feeling. Yeah, close badger victory. Taylor goes out with a great game to ride off in his badger career. Finally get that Rose Bowl win me and you have been looking for in this past decade. Uh, yeah, So, I, but I think it'll be a close one. It'll come down a wire, uh, but we're coming down with a W. Yeah, I think the spread's right at three. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think it's going to be relatively high scoring. Something like 30-27, 34-31, something like that. Something, something high scoring like that. Um, all right, that is the Badgers bowl game. Uh, looking around at other Big Ten bowl games, we got uh, the big one, the Red Box Bowl. I think that's tomorrow. Cal, Illinois. Yeah, We tomorrow. got Michigan-Bama, Minnesota-Auburn, Indiana-Tennessee. Any of those jumping out to you, anyone you're especially interested in, Marlo? No, I mean, the only one is Michigan-Bama. We think we talked about the name brands. Uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if Michigan can beat a not motivated Alabama team. Yeah, and if Harbaugh is able to come away and be like, "Well, I beat I beat Saban. What else do you want?" Yeah, that would obviously be a huge win for for Harbaugh and Michigan. I don't see it happening, even if it is a demotivated Alabama team. I think that they're just really talented, and I don't know how talented Michigan is. I'm really interested in seeing the Minnesota. Auburn game just to see if Minnesota can hang. I'm very like we talk about how far along their program is under PJ Fleck. You know, obviously as Badger fans, we're going relax. You're not as far along as you think. <laughs> uh, and I think this game will go, will tell us a lot about how far along they are. Obviously they beat Penn State this year. That was a huge win. Maybe the biggest win in the decade. If I would have actually looked at what their top five things in the decade were. Um, but this would be, a, a significant win for that program or did they just have a light schedule and um, got all their tough games at home right yeah we'll see and it's kind of a flash in the pan type year so playing Auburn uh, while Auburn while Auburn has a pregnancy not show up some bowl games um, I think is a, is a real test for for that Minnesota team so I'll, I'll be interested in that Indiana Tennessee is the other one I don't really care Big Ten. Illinois don't really care I mean I watch it because it's Big Ten but whatever we, all, right. all right, we take a break. We'll take a quick break to hear from our non-sponsor. All right. Okay, back from a break. Casey, you relieved? Sure. <laughs> yeah, we watched the end of the uh, 49ers-Seahawks game, which uh, we'll get to in a second. But, yeah, let's move on from our college football to our college basketball, Marlo. Um, Badgers with a surprising? Yeah. I think I think the victory was surprising in and of itself, but the way in which the victory came uh, was very surprising. A uh, Badgers, cl- I wrote, clamped down on the Volunteers, winning sixty-eight to forty-eight in Tennessee. Um, my big takeaway from this, Marlo, the colors sucked. <laughs> Not a fan of the creamsicle. Orange versus yellow. Uh, excuse me, orange <laughs> versus yellow. Orange versus red on a like orangish brown. <laughs> Uh, floor with orange around the outside. It was just too much in that part of the color palette for for my eyes to take. It was a very a very tough watch uh, from a color standpoint. Um, but it was a good game to watch if you're a Badger fan. I think um, Badger shot well, uh, shot good enough, scoring, getting all the way up to sixty eight points. Uh, and I want to say I said clamp down. I want to give the Badgers credit for only giving up forty eight points. 
But it was a lot, a lot of missed shots from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, so what is, what is your take? Yeah. Badgers, good D. We're returning to our fundamentals or bad offense by Tennessee? Can we do a little bit of both? Uh, Tennessee both? wasn't here right. shot, missing one of their, well, this was their first game without one of their best players who was going to be out for the year. Um, yeah. But I think the D was better. Uh, you, yeah, the D was better, but yeah, their Tennessee shots, they were getting some good shots that weren't falling. Um, especially, yeah. And then it was the beginning of that second half. They were just ice cold. For mm-hmm. yeah, they didn't score for the first I think six and a half minutes. Something yeah, like that. something cra- yeah, something half. yeah. It, something it was kind of crazy, and I was like, well, that's you guys know how I feel every once in a while. Um, so yeah, I'll give it. I'm not gonna say good. I would say that the RD is was better. Their their yeah. shooting was a little cold. Um, it's just kind of a, a perfect storm there down there in Knoxville. Yeah, this was the second game with uh, Michael Porter back, and while he had a pretty terrible game in this one, yeah. um, he. I know he had at one point had zero points and four fouls. I don't know how he he finished out <clears throat> if he got any points uh, at all. I'm trying to find him in the in the box score here. No, he ended up with uh, zero points and four fouls, so he might not have gotten back in. But just have maybe not so much in this game, but in the Milwaukee game earlier in the week, um, he adds to our frontline rotation. So we have you know. Uh, Reverse and Ford start, and really, from there, it was a drop-off. And now, um, so if we put in Wall or, you know, whomever went with a smaller lineup, you could definitely tell the difference, and that was a huge problem in the Rutgers game. Having Potter in kind of solidifies that front, so now you kind of have a four-person rotation at that, that Ford spot with Ford, Reverse, and Wall and Potter. It's just, it's a more solid lineup. It's more strength, more kind of better defenders, uh, and again, we're looking at a game where Potter was in foul trouble a lot of the time, but I don't know. It, he brings uh, just another player that we can we can add to the rotation that we didn't have in the first couple of games, so I'm interested to see what that looks like going forward. Yeah, definitely going to get more comfortable in the system at game speed as he goes along. Kind of seems that I can tell he's a good player, but not you know, exactly fluid with the guys he's playing around or the system um, as of right now. Uh, so it, I, I will be yeah. excited going, going forward as he gets more time on the floor. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking more about, obviously, the the Milwaukee game than this game because he, he hit some kind of like baseline jumpers, like little things, just adding little things to the yep. offense, adding little uh, things to the rebounding game that we didn't have. And obviously, if you compare him to like Ford or Reavers, like, yeah, he's not there yet, but you compare him to what else we would have had. At that forward position, you know, it's a, it's a huge, uh, huge improvement improvement there. Uh, story of this game, though, I thought, well, the last two games, I guess, was is Trice. Right? Yep. He had 31 points against Milwaukee and followed up with 21 here, shooting uh, 6 of 14 from the field, 4 for 8 from 3. Uh, Brevin Pritzel added 17 points in this game, shooting 4 for 8. So some good outside shooting from the people you hope to get good outside shooting from. Uh, some bad outside shooting from people you hope don't decrease. <laughs> I'll lean forward. Um, but, yeah, it was a, I don't, it, an impressive win. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how impressive it is later because I thought Tennessee looked bad. You mentioned one of their uh, better players, if not their best player, is out for this year with what sounds like a very serious uh, like disease. Yeah, right? I, I, they said a, it was a condition? something I didn't know what it was, but, yeah, it seems pretty serious. 
Yeah, uh, so uh, best of luck to him in his recovery. But it'll be interesting to see what this Tennessee becomes uh, because they've had some bad losses already. They're eight and four on the season um, with two home losses to Memphis and now Wisconsin. But I think encouraging for Wisconsin. We have a long way to go, right? If our goal is uh, NCAA tournament, we've played ourselves out of the bracket right now, and we got to play ourselves back in. And this win will go towards that. Um, but a lot more yeah. to do. A lot more to do, and that starts this week with Ryder, and then the big one uh, at Ohio State on Friday, who lost to West Virginia today. So now I've lost two of their last three or four. Although one of the two ranked teams, Kentucky and West Virginia, so that's a big one. Um, and I heard, I thought I read, I can't think of it now. One of their players is out uh, with an injury. Although I can't remember who it is, but that's the big one. Uh, circle on your calendars for Friday at Ohio State. Don't have high hopes, <laughs> but uh, would definitely be a. It's an opportunity to get a, a, a statement win. Yeah, just glad they got a win outside of the Kohl Center. Uh, so yeah, we can sure. put away that annoying narrative at least for a minute or so. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, that was good to see. Got a little tune up. Hopefully, Ryder is not a big deal. Ohio State. Now we'll getting back into the Big Ten play. Kind of, you know, see where we're at. Like you said, work our way back into the tournament. We're going to need to get those Big Ten wins. Um, they're all going to be yep. quality teams, all going to be quality wins. So it uh, starts on Friday. Yep, for sure. And Big Ten looks, uh, they had a little bit of a tough, tough run today, but looks like the Big Ten is going to be very, a very competitive conference. Uh, so we've got to rack up or secure wins where we can. All right. Anything else called basketball? No. I guess since the last time we uh, we talked, Marlo, the women's volleyball uh, championship happened. The Final Four happened. The championship yeah. happened. Uh, Wisconsin uh, won, defeated number one ranked Baylor in the semifinal, and then got crushed. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> by Stanford in the final. Um, so congratulations for a, a national runner-up. Uh, to the women's yeah. uh, volleyball team, it, it, just great performance, a great season. Big Ten champions, national runners up. No shame in that. Um, but it's under protest in it. my book. Yeah, I forget the, I forget the lady woman's name on Stanford. She was just killing us. Uh, yeah. It'll come to me. But during the broadcast, they talked about how she's met with agents and going to be playing professional. Oh. And I was thinking the whole time, she's like, she shouldn't be playing. Then you meet with agents, eligibility yeah. done. Uh, amateurism, not anymore, per the NCAA. Pretty sure, Pretty sure that's what happens all the time in basketball. Why is she playing? Under protest. Yeah, all right, that's <laughs> fair. Um, I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad that they got blown up because I'm not glad, but it prevented me from getting really emotionally invested <laughs> in the game. And I just went, okay, we, we took second place. Uh, we just seemed like... I don't know if, enough about volleyball to really make proclamations, but it seemed like we were happy to be there. Mm. You know, just we we won our game against Baylor, and just the contrast between how well we played against Baylor, yeah. who I presume is as good as Stanford is on any given day, compared to with how poorly we played against Stanford, I I can't really understand the difference and the nuance of that. Um, so the only thing I can go to is emotion, the emotional side of it, and we felt a little bit like. Just happy to be there where Stanford was like, we're freaking winning this title. Uh, and that was kind of the vibe I got from the two teams, although that might have just been because that's how the game went. So 
Um, but a great season, a lot of fun, and I, I love getting roped into other Badger sports when they're doing well. Because I'm not, to be honest, Marla, we're not watching volleyball games, you know, every normal uh, every year. But when the games get good, the teams are good. You know, we tune in a little bit more, and it's a lot of fun to to root for Wisconsin outside of the two sports we normally follow. So, good good job by them. All right, done with the college Marlowe. On to the pros. All we got here, NFL. We'll start with my Packers because uh, they played first. Um, wait, they played at the same time. They played at the same time. All right. Well, we'll go first because we're still playing football, Marlowe. Uh, Packers win. Ugly again. Um, kind of the storyline of the season. Again, it's we talked about this uh, last time. Uh, it's an annoying narrative, and at some point, you just got to go, this team just wins, which is weird to say, but um, at some point, you win these games for a reason, I think, uh, as opposed to just like being lucky, and I think the Packers have, have done that. Uh, they came out today, just slept, walked through the first half. It was an absolutely abysmal first half. They went in the locker room down 17-3, to and it could <laughs> just should have been much, much closer, and Rodgers was absolutely awful in the first half of this game and hinting at kind of Packers friends' frustrations uh, in a moment, which is kind of funny. But um, this was the first time where I was like, maybe Rodgers has lost something. Like He was abysmal in the first half, uh, only getting three points against a Lions secondary who has been getting torched all year, and uh, their top cornerback was even out for a lot of this game with an injury and we seem to struggle to move the ball. Um, and I think it was just kind of uh, shown in the final drive of the play, the lion final drive of the half, excuse me, lions had 20 seconds and they did kind of what Jonathan Taylor did against uh, Ohio state, you know, a 40 yard run or 50 yard run or whatever. When there's like, if he just gets tackled, the line of scrimmage the half is over. Uh, but, uh, he, Scarborough ran or no it wasn't Scarborough it was the rookie from Maryland whatever ran for like 60 yards and just nobody tackled him and it was like this is the way the first half has gone just no effort from the Packers uh, they end up getting a field goal out of it whereas the Packer, uh, the Badgers got a touchdown in the comparative example um, and also we go instead of going in 14 to 3 a little bit of momentum it's now 17 to 3 and Lions have recouped the momentum but the Packers won the second half and won the game with the last second Mason Crosby field goal to win 23 to 20. Um, and the narrative of the team remains. We, they've won 13 games, lost three, but none have made you feel great. Like this is a really good team. But at the end of the day, you have to sit down and go, Hey, we've won 13 games. Bad teams don't do that. Uh, good teams do. And a lot of the Packer fan contingent just seems like, mildly dissatisfied with the season which is just it's just bizarre to kind of be a part of as the team wins 13 games it's just it's been a bizarre a bizarre fan experience for the Packers as we complain about our team yet they win more or less week after week what are you most worried about going into the playoffs is it more internal like offense defense or what matchup you're going to get in that home game so I'm 
absolutely terrified to play San Francisco again. I'm worried about a road game. I really want like didn't realize until I was watching this end of the San Francisco um, Seattle game how much I wanted home field advantage because when you think about the three losses that the Packers have and you think about the almost loss today, uh, they seem to struggle in road games. They seem to not be up for the game. They don't seem to be ready for road games. Um, there are exceptions, but I, I think a general sense, and that's concerning that I'm very worried that we'll have to go into Levi Stadium? Yeah, Levi Stadium. Yep. <laughs> Against San Francisco, where we just got housed earlier in the year. Um, I think there's a chance that it's a different game, but I don't trust this team on the road whatsoever in, in a playoff game. Um if we're gonna, so that's my greatest concern. It's just that we would have to go on the road. I mean, it's great that we came back in this won this game. We have home field, so that's fantastic um, and, and important. You get the buy, you get that home field in the second round. That was that was very important. And for a long time of today, it looked like that wasn't going to happen. As far as like what's happening inside the team, uh, if we're going to win the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers has to be better. Um, I don't think there's any other way to look at this team. Uh, what's nice about this team is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be their Aaron Rodgers of yesterday, right? He doesn't have to put this team on his back and win. So I wonder how much of our frustration with him is that he's just playing differently. Like he's, I don't know if that makes sense. He knows he doesn't have to win, so he's not. He's not doing the things you guys are used to seeing. Therefore, doing the Aaron Rodgers things. Is that because he can't do it or he doesn't have to? It seems weird that he would be like, well, I don't have to, so I'm not going to do it. That doesn't sound logical. Um, but he definitely hasn't, like, just watching the game today and the throws that were just out of the reach of the wide receivers, or even more than just, like, two yards out of the reach of wide receivers and balls thrown behind wide receivers when they needed to be leading them or leading them when they should have been behind them. Like, all these little things that Aaron Rodgers has been so pinpoint on throughout his career – Today just missed. He just missed so many throws. And he came back and he did well in, in, in the second half of the game and especially in the fourth quarter and like made some throws. Like His touchdown to Lazard was exactly where it needed to be. I think the broadcaster said in the holiday spirit, he put the cookies on the shelf and Lazard went up and got the <laughs> okay. cookies. Um, just great broadcasting mm-hmm. right there. Uh, but <laughs> So he has some of those throws, but then he has some where he just like leads Aaron Jones on a wheel route too far by two feet, and it's like, who is this guy? This isn't this isn't what he does. So if we're going to win playoff games, he needs to be the good version of Aaron Rodgers. I guess is that that was a long way of saying that. So that's my somehow my biggest concern about this team <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers, which is ridiculous, um, which seems ridiculous, I guess. Uh, but if you've watched the Packers this year, I think that's a pretty fair thing, pretty fair thing to say. Uh, so road game in general, Aaron Rodgers needs to be Aaron Rodgers if this team is going to make a, a real run. In the playoffs. All right. That's all I got for the Packers. 13 and 3. I never I never would have predicted this before the season. I was talking to my brother earlier today about predictions. He said he predicted 13 and 3 at a work thing. So <laughs> congratulations, Rob, on your prediction. Um Did he predict that when they were they predict that was, when they were twelve and two? Uh, twelve and three. Yeah. 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 A couple weeks ago he predicted it. No. Um I think I came into the year thinking Nine and seven was realistic. Ten and six to win, and winning the division was like a kind of like a optimistic pr- uh, prediction. 
and obviously they exceeded that. They won the division in a much it was at the same time more and less competitive, right? Because the Vikings pushed the Packers until week sixteen, but it was less competitive because yeah. I thought your Bears, Marlo, which we'll talk about in a second, were there. I thought it was a three team race and they were all gonna finish like ten and six, nine and seven, beat up on each other yeah. a little bit more than what ended up happening. Um so yeah, that's a review of the Packers season, I guess, a little bit and kind of my expectations going forward. Uh on yeah. the Bears, Marlo, we I alluded yeah. to it. Not not what no, we thought. thought. Bears win. Yay. Yeah. Beating yeah. beating <laughs> beating the Vikings. Finishing with a not losing record at eight and eight. That's important. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, typical this again capsule of the Bears season here with the win. Uh, yeah. No touchdowns in the first half, a shit ton of field goals, and Mitch comes back and has a game-winning drive for a game-winning field goal to win a pointless game. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It just had it had everything, all the emotions, um, and above. But you know, I mean, I wasn't really. I was more watching. I was actually more watching that Packers game uh, due to yeah. what was kind of on the line. I really love getting off the topic here, but I love week 17 for all the scenarios and everything that could play out um and those early part of the games had a lot going on especially towards the end there it was fun mm-hmm. uh but back to the bears um finish the season obviously now we're expected like you said things could have been different for those two games mainly uh the chargers and the raiders game uh that we had should have won would change some things down the road yep. but we are here finish four and two in the division I mean, granted, Minnesota wasn't playing their starters, but, I mean, Kirk Cousins was probably a... We could talk about that all day. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, just lost the two games to the Packers, the games that mattered, and Mm -hmm. we are... We're here where it happened, and no first-round picks, and I don't don't know what we're going to do going forward. Yeah. It's really interesting, kind of, the the narrative around the Bears, I think, because, like, a couple games go differently, or... They at the same time feel so far away, but so close. Yeah, they're in this middle ground. Like, I was thinking that day. I wanted to say that that it's they're not. They just seem not. They're just they seem closer than people think, than they get credit for. But at the same time, you, you can see on the other side, like yeah. yeah, you know, they might be further away. But I guess the, yeah, we'll we'll be able yeah. to tell. We'll tell going forward. Yeah, well, I think they kind of summed it up pretty well last Sunday uh, when they kind of talked about it. So they showed kind of, was it QBR that they did or or whatever, when they showed Trubisky's like, yeah. when he's good, yeah. he is great, yeah. but like he he's like second in the league. And he is like, yeah, he's like the most really good. highest rated QBRs or QB ratings. And then yeah. he, and he also yeah, has like the exactly, worst. Yeah. Like there's no middle ground. And if he can... I guess raise the floor a little bit of that performance. Uh, he's there. I don't know. I, I it's. I'm not gonna act like I know. Nor do I want to tell you as if that's gonna get out and then like they're gonna be like, hey, we figured out how to fix the Bears. Listen to this guy's podcast. <laughs> right? like, I don't. I don't know because like, Mitch is so occasionally so good that like to throw it away seems foolish. But to bet on him also seems fool- <laughs> foolish. It's such a weird. Yeah, a weird he, my this uh, week, my brother all signed it up well. He said he's basically Alex Smith, then right, which is totally on point. Like, can be good at times. No, but you don't want to rely on him. 
No, but and but if you get rid of him, then what else do you get? You know? No, because Alex Smith is more like, yeah, in the sense that like Alex Smith was just more like he's pretty good. He's like always going to be pretty good. But he Alex Smith couldn't step it up when he needed to, and he wasn't ever really terrible. Mitch Trubisky's either really good. He's really good two out of five games, and he's really bad three out of five games. And it's like, if that really bad can go to two out of five and they're good three out of five, but how do you bet on that? That's such a tough position. He, he has more uh, variation to his game or uh, than, than Alex Smith. But I think at the end of the day, you're kind of going, can we win a Super Bowl with this? Right. Game? Probably not. Because he would have to put together, what, three games in a row? Yeah. Yeah, you put the game three games in a row. But then again, and, and then everyone keeps saying, asking me, like, well, why aren't you rid of like, well, what are we going to do? We don't have, like, we don't have a pick until the third round. So, again, we're going to take a flyer yeah, on some round. QB that may, may or may not work out. Or you take, and then everyone suggests some other quarterback that's a backup right now. And it's like, well, they're a backup for the reason. We've gone down that route. What's the, what's the point in doing that? So it's like, kind of, you're stuck in the middle here, stuck in hell. All right, what do you think? Cam Newton. If Cam Newton is healthy, right? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what I mean, weird situation. Risk, right? If he's healthy, I'm all for it. If he's just a broken down player, no, I don't want it at all. How about James no. Winston? I want no part of James Winston. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say Nick Foles no. becomes available because I think they're. I think they're going to draft a quarterback <laughs> again. I'm just trying to think. Like, what are what? Are that's what I'm saying. There's not. I, I, I. What? I, yeah. Exactly. That's out there. All right. So even if so say it's the Cam, right? How many years does Cam really have? That's terrifying. Would you say one, two, or I, three? I. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you're you're right. I have no idea yeah. how healthy he is. So I have no idea. It um, sucks. It sucks. You, it, it, the only way it's gonna. Yeah. The only way it's fixed in the very near future is yeah. They draft. They take a fire on a, on some QB and he, it just hap, it just happens to turn out okay, which not going to happen because we're the Bears and it doesn't happen for us. Thanks, for, thanks for taking me down that road, Casey. Makes me feel good. Glad season's over. It was fun. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's worse: the way last season turned out and having to do this podcast, or making me go down that road at the end of this season on this podcast. Well, there was a lot more <laughs> last season. There was a lot more. There was a lot more optimistic about the future, um, and you just blamed it on a kicker, and then that cursed your franchise. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't curse the franchise, but it like there's definitely, definitely a cloud. You made a mountain out. You you made a mountain out of a slightly smaller mountain. I was gonna say molehill. It wasn't a molehill, but it was like a smaller mountain. It was like a, it was a normal sized hill, and you made it in a mountain. Uh, all right. All right. Enough bears talk. Let's move on. All right. So my take on so we took a break and we were able to watch the end of the San Francisco Seattle game. And my takeaway is just don't have the pass interference rule. Like review rule. There's no point to it. There's clearly pass interference. The in booth referee is going, I can't believe they're not stopping this game for pass interference because there was clear pass interference on this play. Just don't have it. Cause it's ruining the game. I, it it makes me want that to be reviewed. I think it's making referees call things less. I think they're allowing more things to go than they would otherwise 
call pass interference for because they're going they think they can be reviewed i think that's just a kind of human instinct thing um it never gets overturned and it is like we talked about earlier with the uh fumble in the clemson ohio state game I know my eyes are telling me, but I have a guy in telling me it's different. <laughs> in all these pass interference, I know my eyes are seen, and it looks like there's pass interference, and the referee comes back and says there's not. And it's so frustrating to watch, and I would rather just have them to get the call wrong once when they don't call it than get it wrong twice when they review it and still call it the initial way. It, it, it's incredible. Incredibly infuriating as a fan to watch, and they need to get rid of it. And the Packers should have home field advantage because they didn't call it, and it's ridiculous. So complain about the refs. That's how I'm going to end the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very we can we can leave it at that and call it Happy New Year. Last last pot of 2019. Yeah. Uh, last sorry, of the last pot of the decade. <laughs> My bad. Last one through three pod yeah. of the decade. It was a fun one. We'll keep it going next time. Um, look forward to the Rose Bowl. You got any? You got any New Year's plan? You do anything big? Got to ask. Uh, no, yeah, no. We're doing uh, we find fond- fondue, fondue on New Year's, uh, cooking uh, steak and, and shrimp in the Surfing fondue. Turf. It's a uh, my family did it on on Christmas Eve, but you know how with uh, marriages, you you know you make compromises and and had to split the. Uh, Christmas schedule, so we've moved that tradition to New Whoa. Year's. So that's what we do at New nice. Year's. Nice, it's a lot of fun. It's my favorite, favorite <laughs> meal of the year. Awesome. Well, that should be good. New Year's Rose Bowl. Then we'll be back. Um, as always, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Myself at MarloJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Like, share, subscribe. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Do all those things. As the uh, new 132 Breeze merch says on the back of the T-shirt, which will be made available any day now. I'm pretty sure any day we'll get we'll get the yep. staff working on that, Marlo. Uh, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. Boom.